0: Welcome to the Pursuit of Peace podcast. My name is Parul and I am obsessed with everything holistic health and spirituality. I am determined to uplevel my mind, body and spirit to create a life beyond my wildest dreams. I truly believe that we're all looking to create a sense of lasting inner peace through all our pursuits in life. Health, wealth, relationships, spirituality, business, jobs or a college degree. Whatever that might look like for you at the moment, the goal is same. To find that blissful state, that lasting joy and inner peace. And the intention behind this podcast is to share my quest for inner peace so that might kickstart your journey to discover the source of that true lasting joy and bliss that I feel can only be created from the inside out welcome to another episode of the pursuit of peace podcast today i have a repeat guest somebody who was on the podcast last time and i would want to go ahead introduce her and give her give you all a formal introduction before i also talk about how my life has changed while working with her in the last one year now So I have here with me, Sharzad Shikra. Sharzad is a global women's empowerment and relationship coach, helping women who are committed to evolution and growth to create the life of their dreams and build loving, harmonious and fulfilling relationships. Sharzad followed her calling and started her business in September, 2017. And through offering her teachings and methods, she's helped hundreds of her clients change their lives and have blissful relationships. She grew up in Iran and moved to Canada in 1998 and is happily married to the man of her dreams, whom she attracted through implementing the exact work that she teaches today. And in the last one year of knowing her, I've seen her expand a lot beyond relationship coaching. She is one of my teachers who's helped me dive deeper into money manifestation and this is one quality in Sharza that I've seen, that she always goes very deep and helps you become an embodiment of what she's teaching. And I really appreciate her for that. She is one of the best mentors I've got, also because how patient she is as you are on your journey of falling and getting up again and falling and getting up yet again. So welcome to the podcast yet again, Sharza. Uh, so happy to have you here.
1: Oh my goodness, Beryl. Thank you. It is my absolute pleasure to be with you. Thank you for that heartfelt compliment and introduction. That means the world to me.
0: You're welcome. So Sharzad, I just want to start with your big milestone of $1 million in sales right on New Year's
1: Eve, was it? It was. It was right at the it was eleven forty five pm. before the new year's of twenty twenty three.
0: Wow. So what has how did it feel first of all to get there?
1: That's a really good question. So it's interesting because I actually had no idea how much how much money I have had made um in twenty twenty three until that day, like I knew that I was around nine hundred in December. But I hadn't actually looked. And it's funny because I saw somebody posting on Facebook about how four years ago um, on the New Year's Eve, they hit the one million. I'm like, I wonder what I did. So when I went and checked and it was, I believe it was one million and So it was 17,000 over that. I was, I was both, it was a duality of disbelief because I thought that it was going to you know the the older version of me always thought that one million is going to be the this unbelievable milestone this feeling of feeling like I've totally made it that like when we make that number really really big and as grateful and humbled as I felt which I totally did there was a feeling of it is it is a big milestone but it feels like of course, of course, this this happened. It's through the years and years of consistency and and working towards something, it didn't feel like, oh my God, this is out of the world. It felt like a natural progression. And so it was combined with gratitude and feeling oh wow, I, I didn't I didn't really think about it, because there was a time in my life that I was really obsessed about hitting milestones. When am I going to make 5k? When am I going to make 10k, 20k, like all of that, meaning that we give those numbers. And all of a sudden, it was something like, oh, I saw somebody posted, I wonder how much I've made to go and check it and then see it like it is. So it was a it was a world of different feelings, but also a reflection of how far I've come that I wasn't so obsessed with making it to a million dollars and it was really focusing on my work. And then that became the byproduct of it. I hope that makes sense.
0: Of course it does, you know, um especially in the coaching industry, you know, sometimes these numbers and also The image that we portray to people who aspire to be there is very different. And often I hear that when people reach that point, it matters more how they reach there rather than just getting there. And it's true outside of the coaching world as well, you know, getting there in a way that's meaningful as opposed to getting there just for the money. And, you know, I've been guilty. There was a point very recently, and you know about this, you know, when I was like, Why isn't the money coming in? And I completely shifted my focus from that to being in service. And I think that's given me so much peace of mind because I've also seen in the past when the money would come in and it wouldn't make any
1: difference. Totally agree. I totally agree with that. And I think that this is a pitfall that we can fall into when when there is so... I'm a big fan of celebrating numbers, celebrating women especially, Um, hitting big numbers because that is normalizing that it's possible for us but when it there's a fine line between that and also doing it because so and so is doing it doing it because um, if I can't do it that means something about me or if I'm not showing that I'm doing it that means something about me and this is where I think a lot of awareness is needed of why why if if there is a number that you really want is the energy behind it clean do you want it for the right reasons for your own growth your pleasure your lifestyle that really is authentic and feels good for you and you can do a lot of good with that whether it's for personal reason or for whether it's for making an impact worldwide family whatever it is or are you doing it to prove something are you doing it to Make sure that you don't feel like you're small compared to the other person, because if we get there, if we are doing it for that reason, it will never end. It really will never, because there's always going to be somebody that is making more money and we can we can feel inferior to it the same thing comes into the relationships. same thing comes with the body image if we are constantly comparing ourselves and our reason is to be better than other people or be equal to other people if you measure equality based on that then it is just it feels like we are on this it's not growth anymore it doesn't feel like an evolution but it feels like a race and it's exhausting
0: Yeah. I mean, it's similar to like being in a dead end job and making money, but not really being able to enjoy that. Right.
1: Exactly. Being there for the wrong reason in terms of, I mean, not that money is the wrong reason. Of course, we need money to be able to live our life and do, but there are so many ways of making money. How great would it be that if we pick things that it really fills our soul and we enjoy doing it when we spend the most of our life doing the work that we do as opposed to doing it for the sake of validation or making sure that you know I'm not falling behind when I compare to other people myself to other people I mean
0: absolutely and I I believe that's what alignment is all about but did you growing up, have a healthy relationship with money because, you know, I I teach about money today. Never in a hundred years would I have imagined that I would talk about money. And when I started doing so, this was one of my biggest fears that I'd be judged for speaking about it because for the longest time I wanted money, but I didn't want it. You know, like associating with money was not a very noble pursuit so what i pursued was hard work being good at what i do but my constant statement was like so what money is not important but on the mm. other hand i really wanted it so there was this <laughs> tug of war but you know it wasn't like i had a healthy relationship with money so how was it for you growing up because i speak to a lot of women and it also comes from my experience it's not like I didn't have any money but there's Mm -hmm. a difference between you know striving hard and getting by and just being in the zone of yeah I have enough it's decent as Mm -hmm. opposed to stepping into abundance and that's where the work was for me
1: totally yeah i come from a similar background that in my in our household when i was a child there was always enough money i never went to bed hungry it wasn't that i had to you know feel envious of all the other kids that they had you know a certain level of clothing it we we came from a very middle class background and it there was a if we were asking if my relationship with money was healthy and that's i believe kind of objective you know how we look at how healthy money is but there was definitely a lot of shame around you're only doing it. You know, make sure that you are not materialistic. Make sure that you're humble. Never say about how much money you're making or, it. It was this duality between exactly like you said, wanting it but feeling bad for wanting it, wanting to have more of it because obviously when you have more of it, if you are using, you know, you're not just stacking money, but your lifestyle is upgraded. You get to enjoy. You get to travel. You get to, you know not struggle basically or having to sacrifice that was a big thing in in my upbringing is that if you like I said our needs were met but if there was something that you wanted which is a different frequency a need and something that you desire to have which isn't your basic day-to-day need then that's what what was in our household is that then something's got to get if you want that, then you have to give up on that. If you want to have, for me, it was going to mu- music school. You know, I, I had this um story really, really re- vivid remembering this, that uh, my when I went to music school back in Iran, Um, my mom wanted to buy me a cello. That was my instrument. And in order for her to have, for us to have that, she sold all of her bridal jewelry when she got it, when she got married. And that that put a really big belief in me. And I remember how my heart was broken because of it, that my mom had to give up something in order for me to have it. And, but that became a belief in me in order for me to have what I really, really want. Either I have to give up something else or someone else might to have to give up something for me. And that felt really painful to me. And but that that's how I started that money belief that started to get formed in me that I always believed that in all the until I did the work, obviously, was that in order for me to have what I want, I have to sacrifice in one way or the other. And then that becomes the duality of Do I want it bad enough to then sacrifice and what if, or do I, if I have it, then someone else has to be in pain. And that shows up a lot in the business as well as starting your own business is that if you believe that let's use examples of, you know, offerings. Sale like the programs that you have like if I actually if someone signs up for it, does that mean they're gonna be in pain by you know, for me, in order to have that sale, someone is gonna have to sacrifice and having this distorted thinking of um it's it doesn't get to be both. It doesn't get to like nobody gets to have both of them. It always has to be a sacrifice. So that was one of the biggest things in my my money evolution that I had to realize that it is um it is a limiting belief it is a belief that because I saw it doesn't mean that that's the truth of it but if you believe in something then you will operate on that belief and you run your life based on that belief so that was one of the biggest things that I did not have a healthy relationship when it came to money wanting it not thinking that it will hurt other people if I have it.
0: Absolutely. And I see this happen so often. Like, I have my own stories. And recently, I hosted a program, and something very interesting came up. One of my clients said, You know, her story was that she saw her parents fighting over money when she was a little girl, and the fight was over providing for her. And as a young girl, she started believing that she is a burden. So, when anybody wants to give her money now, As a grown-up woman while she's working providing her services she doesn't want to receive money because she feels like she's a burden on people because that's what she took from that entire scenario as i think was it a six-year-old and at Mm -hmm. the age of 12 she started working to earn her own money so that she wouldn't be a burden on her parents and that story is ruling her life right now So it's true. It's absolutely about the stories that we tell ourselves and the meaning that we take from those scenarios. What do you feel are some of, or rather the top three beliefs that you carried? I mean, there's one example that you've already given. And how did you overcome those three top money beliefs that you had, you know, which contributed to a not so healthy relationship with money?
1: Totally, totally, So the other one that was very predominant for me was the belief that if a woman makes more money than a man, then her relationship will crumble, that it will cause power dynamics, power struggles in a relationship. I witnessed that, that when, um, you know, someone started, the woman started to make more money, then they started to have more fights, more conflicts, you know, before when it was only the man making the money, you know it was all good and all of a sudden that she's making more money it's not so good and again of course that wasn't that was a something that I saw and I made it mean that because and I didn't look what the underlying actual issue was which really was the fact that when the woman started to make more money then she started to believing that now she has more control in the relationship. So she started to disregard the man's input, the man's, you know, speaking. And it was the same because that the dynamic before was the same, but that's what society deems as normal. You know, a man making all the decisions and, and having the say of how we're going to spend the money, which also is an unhealthy, it is unhealthy by the way. But when that switch was flipped, now you're, you're coming, you're changing the whole dynamic of the relationship in the exact opposite way. Now you are having all the money and you think you can, you know, go renovate the whole ch- kitchen without asking if it's okay, if it's, you know, have, asking for input. So that was my belief when I saw that, that, oh, you know, if I, if I start to make more money than my, my partner, my husband, then we're going to have a lot of issues, then I better not do it. And I, that played out for a very long time in all my relationships until my husband, because I really believed that and I kept myself small and I kept trying to make sure that money is not going to cause problems. And one of the, the most important way that I overcame that is to recognize what the actual issue is, which is the lack of emotional intelligence and communication skills having the wrong belief that if you have more money, that means you have more power in a relationship as opposed to if you have more money, that is great, that's wonderful. And that your person's, your partner's input still matters. It's not about the person who makes more money than they are in charge of the relationship. And if you don't have the communication skills to talk about it, then work on that. And this, these are the, all the ways, you know, I don't like just saying, oh, this belief, I'm just going to say the opposite of it and that becomes true. But I actually invite myself and other people to go deeper. What is really going on there? That that if you saw something happen and you made it mean that, is that meaning really the truth? Is it really the truth that if a woman makes more money than a man, the relationship is going to be doomed? or it is lack of emotional intelligence lack of communication and the lack of the the actual belief that the person who has more money gets to have more say that, that's not it so that's that's the way that i would go about every limiting belief really to go underneath of the layer of what's going on and then start to tell the true story which is that it's not the money that is the problem really it's how we handle it how we think about it how we behave from that perspective and same thing goes with with the um my mom and pay, using her bridal money or jewelry to pay for my um cello the truth of the matter was that at that point yes the the easiest way for her to be able to come up and be resourceful and to to pay for it was that was it absolutely necessary in that point i don't know could she have think of other ways of I don't know like asking for a loan or paying it on a payment plan or whatever that could have been true and that that's also another case it's not what I'm seeing in my tunnel vision little girl mentality doesn't make it the ultimate truth it could be that there are times that you have to do it but do you have to do it all the time absolutely not and you know the same thing with for your beautiful client that she thought of it that you know if we, her parents were fighting over you know providing for her and she felt that that was a burden you know that that we go underneath it is it actually true that she was a burden or that her parents didn't have great communication skills or they had limiting thoughts and beliefs about money and they were fighting over. how they were going to provide for her as opposed to figuring things out together, having better relationship skills. So that's it, just just questioning the belief and asking ourselves, is this the ultimate truth? What I'm thinking, what I'm believing, is it always like that? Or is it something that I made up in my mind? Because that's what the brain does, especially our undeveloped little girl minds do.
0: Absolutely. And why do you feel there's so much shame associated with money and especially as women like I still see a lot of men talk very openly about money at least more than women do Mm -hmm. Uh, but not so much when it comes to us women there's definitely a difference but in general there is this you know money is not good if somebody has a lot of money we're very quick to judge them even though we desire the same thing and then we're like mm-hmm. you know must be arrogant must has I mean the biggest one for me was yeah you know like I could have also lived this kind of a life if I had so much money you know yeah. Yeah. wanting yeah. those things wanting life to be easy and at the same time judging people who had money because money facilitated things
1: yeah totally there's so many different ways of you know for every person it could be a different thing but it usually lies into a few beliefs that if you want money you're greedy you're shallow that's one thing and if you you resent a person who has what you want because you're envious because you want it too but you want to make excuses for why you can't have it so you judge that person for having it and also the whole you know there is a there is worldwide limiting beliefs about if you are you have money, you're automatically going to be a bad person. You're going to money is the root of evil. That is the classic belief that people have agreed upon, which I wholeheartedly disagree. You know, you and I in programs, we've talked about it is that how is this thing that being made up in order to make our life easier? How does this thing that we created a currency so we can actually trade it for goods and services so that we don't have to trade like furniture for food and, you know, all that stuff. How, how, how did that become the root of all evil? How is that even possible? It's like saying my coffee is the root of all evil or alcohol is the root of all evil. Is it the alcohol or is it the person that is misusing it? And that's the the truth of the matter for, for money for me. It's that it's not money that is the root of our evil. I highly believe that money makes you more of who you already are. And if you are a generous person in nature, money is going to make you more of a generous person because now you have more to be able to give right that it money doesn't make a person generous or non-generous what's the other word for it I can't even remember <laughs> but uh but, that and that's that's the thing and that's what we when we don't when we have that shame around it that if I have money then I'm going to be judged that I'm going to be looked at as I'm not a good person then other people are going to take advantage of me or other people are going to you know say what you said that they're going to think I must be nice that she has it and have they have reasons so we want to push it away we try to get rid of it because we believe that I much rather be liked and I much rather be accepted and I much rather not trigger people and make sure that they like me as opposed to having it and and losing everyone. As women, especially, obviously the feminine, the woman thrives in tribes. The women are all about community and being together. So our worst fear is to be casted off, to not be accepted and loved by other people. So that's our biggest fear—that we are going to be judged and and be, you know, forgotten. And um, the other part, uh, like we said, that we want what we we wanted, and if someone has it, we resent it. You know, those very people that are um, we are afraid of is because we have bought into our sorry bias story of why I can't have it, and instead of trying to overcome that our own beliefs around it, it's so much easier to judge another person and say, because of your circumstances, because of your privilege, because of this and that and that, you have it. It may be very true that somebody, we look at somebody and they had an inheritance or they had, they were privileged or they, uh, they had a trust fund that they have it, but does it serve you to just think that the only way that that's possible is that way and since i don't have it then i can't have it or does it serve you to say what's my path of having it and how can i make it possible for me so i don't accept my destiny that i was born into this to this country to this to this scenario to this uh, circumstances and therefore i can't have it that's my two cents on that
0: <laughs> oh, i love it love it i totally believe In what you said about money amplifying who we already are and i do agree that a poor person a person who doesn't have money could be evil and once they get money they would still be the same i mean it's not money that is to blame for that money is just going to amplify and you know make who we are bigger because money also attracts attention um But yeah, it's true that fear of judgment is so big. And like I mentioned earlier, that is what was stopping me from wanting to talk about money. And I feel now, of course, I feel after repeatedly showing up and talking about money, that it's so important to talk about money, especially for women and more so in my culture where a lot of women are still not financially empowered. And the kind of choices that they get in life once money comes in. And when I say empowered, again, I don't mean that we take something um, because the role modeling, for instance, for money as well, is not always the right thing. Like just like it is with relationships, like women want to become the men they resent and they feel it's empowerment. So not in that way. But getting that money and then making good choices, getting empowered in the right sense, using it for good, but also having a voice, which Mm -hmm. I see a lot of women, including my mom, you know, and this is very vulnerable for me to talk about publicly. But I feel somewhere in her life, despite being educated because she decided not to make her own money, she suffered because of that um so yeah absolutely so before we end this episode what would you say to all the women who are watching who might secretly just like me want to make money but are resistant to the idea of making money but they're here for a reason what what would you leave them with
1: thank you for asking this beautiful question i have a lot to tell them but the The first thing that comes to my mind says, like you said, is that if you have the desire, there's a reason that the desire is in your heart. So look at all the ways that you have stopped yourself from having it. There is, if you want something, and it's not, there are genuinely some people who don't, and I have no judgment around that. But my heart breaks when a woman wants it, desire it, but she stops herself from having it because of all the judgments and the fears that she has been carrying around it. So own it, because the truth of the matter is that money is not going to make you anything that you don't want to be. That is your decision. Money will give you choices. That is the truth. If a woman is trapped in a relationship and she has no way out because her livelihood will be threatened by it if she leaves an abusive relationship and now she's going to have no money. That's why, not that every woman should have money because of that. Obviously, that's not the case for everyone. But of course, money will give you choices. Money, if you have the choice and then make a decision. It's a lot more empowering than the choices being made for you because there is no other way around it. So listen to what your heart wants. Look at all the ways that you've stopped yourself. And I will continuously say that you have stopped yourself from having it because there is trillions of dollars. They're just being traded as you and I are speaking. They are. It's it's just circulating it's circulating around the world and it gets to circulate around you and you get to receive it too but in order for that to happen then you have to be receptive of it you have to be able to not make yourself wrong for having it because you're never going to have what you think is going to make you ultimately outcasted bad greedy you're going to fight against it because you don't want to become that which you resent right so you're going to push it away. You're going to look the other way. If people want to, you know, pay you and work with you. And if you think that you're a bad person for doing it, of course, you're not going to, you're going to dodge the calls. You're going to, you know, if somebody messages you, you're not going to even answer it. That's you being in your own way. And for some people are like, no, 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 actually I am putting out offers out there. I am very receptive. You know, anybody can just pay me. I would work with them. But when we actually dig deeper, we go into, well, what if it's not good enough? And somebody pays me and they take a take a course and they think I didn't deliver what they paid for. And now I'm going to be judged as a thief, as a scammer. And that I don't want that. I don't want all the hate to come at me in social media and people calling me names. So. There are all these different layers that we ourselves stop ourselves from having it. And that's what we want to look at. It own what you desire. Look at all the ways that you have stopped yourself and start rewriting a story. Because, like I said, every belief we have, it's a story we came up with. And 99.99% of the times, those stories just not true. It's just a limited perspective that our childlike minds came up with to make it mean something but it doesn't mean that
0: absolutely love it love it and i feel like we've just touched the tip of the iceberg with what we've spoken about today so how can people who are looking to dive deeper into this world because i know you teach money manifestation as well and you're so good at it
1: so how can people find you Thank you for asking that. So, I love to be on Instagram and nowadays on YouTube as well. Um, My handle is the Masterpiece Woman. Um, on both. So if you look me up on YouTube or our Instagram or Facebook, that's how you will find me. Uh, one little correction that I want to make is that until last year, I was going with my not real fully real name, Sharzad Shukra, but now I have fully owned who I am. So my name, uh, my last name is Parande. So if you look me up as Sharzad Parande, which I'm sure you'll have it in your notes, then you can find me easier on all social platforms. And yeah,
0: Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharzad, for taking out the time to be here, to come here and talk about money. One of my most favorite topics in the world now. I can't imagine saying this.
1: And that's it, right? Owning it is that the fact that I am saying the things that I was terrified. That shows your growth, Perul. That shows how you owned it and that you're using it for the good. You're not telling people, you know, just be greedy and steal money and have all the money so you can be selfish around it. You are all about manifested so you can spend it the way that is right and that it's good. It's for the greater good of you and everyone that you come across. So I'm really, really proud of you for owning it like that and that, that shows why you are the right person to be teaching it as well.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to me. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks for having me.